0: The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 375. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter... Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts at my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N. McClanahan.com. Why you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahanacademy.com. McClanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll. 10 Myths of American History, and, of course, you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. I have a new class out right now. If you're on my email list, either at McClanahan Academy or my regular email list, you're going to get the coupon for it. Five days left to get the deal. It's my Part 3 of my Southern Cultural and Intellectual History course. I've got it discounted $51 off, $99, but you got to be on my email list to get that deal. So head on over to McClanahan Academy. And pick that up. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, one thing you can do if you want my American Constitutions course, just use that coupon code RBG in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's given you a discount at McClanahan Academy. Just get that RBG coupon code on my American Constitutions course. You get it for $148. It is a steal compared to the regular retail price. So, Head on over to McClanahan Academy, get those deals, sign up, and enroll, do all you can, get on my email list, get the coupons I send you there. You can also support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way if you want. You can get a book plate if you want that or one of my books. I got a new book out, Southern Scribblings. So I have more coming, so there's going to be more books, more things to do. You can also click on that. Shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Get your Brian McClannahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Go to LearnTrue, T-R-U-E, T-R-U-E LearnTrueHistory.com. That is my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. You can get some great educational resources there. And as always, rate the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Share it around on social media. Do all you can to get people thinking locally and acting locally. Now, we had a last debate last week. It was on uh, Thursday. I haven't had a chance to, uh, to cover it yet. I took the week off. Had some things to do, so we're back. Hopefully, back four times a week this week. Um, but let's talk about the debate, and I'm going to give you a preview. And you know, election day is a week from Tuesday of this week, one week away, essentially, to the election. Now we know that 61 million people, according to statistics, uh, statistics excuse me, have already voted. 61 million people because of all the early voting and everything else. We've got people running around like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying, we have voter suppression if you wait in line. And some of this stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. But 61 million people have voted. If you listen to the mainstream media, that's 61 million Democrats have voted and no Republicans have voted. Now, in some ways, I hope that's true, uh, because, I mean, if, if everybody's waiting to vote, it's, it, look, this election is going to be tighter than... than. Um, What you might imagine, I think. Though Trump could lose in a landslide. I don't know if Trump's going to... I don't think Trump can win in a landslide. Though some people are predicting that. I I don't know. We'll see. Um, And on Monday of next week, if you haven't already voted, I'm going to give you what I think you should do to vote. And I did this in 2016, too. One thing, though, I want to make clear out of all of this, and we're going to go over the debates. Out of all of this, though, and I'm going to get into more of this next week, I think it's clear from the debates and everything else that's going on in American politics right now. Think locally, act locally is the only way forward. It's the only way forward because if you look at both parties, they're one-size-fits-all nationalist, (coughs) excuse me, top-down parties. They're interested in central solutions to problems. You've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez running around talking about voter suppression in New York City. The mayor, she's actually opposing the communist mayor of New York now. He's saying, look, this is the Board of Elections problem in New York City. Oh, we got to have a federal solution. No, we don't. Take care of it in New York City. You know what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should do? She should resign from Congress and run for city council member of New York City or maybe mayor of New York City, and she could straighten all that stuff out. That would be a better place for her. Because, you see, that's a New York City problem. It's not a United States problem. It's a New York City problem. These election problems are generally because of local policies and procedures, not because of the general government. Because the states, according to the Constitution, determine how elections are handled. Now, I know there's federal oversight on certain things, but the states determine these things. In fact, what we have in America today, when you look at America in general, what we have in America is a problem of perspective in these debates You've got Donald Trump and Joe Biden being asked questions that should never be asked to a presidential candidate. Ever. Not one time. They should never be asked of a presidential candidate because the questions being asked are really local questions. There's an assumption being made that all these things are being asked are somehow constitutional based on this document that I'm sure most people on the left and even most people on the right have never really read. They've never read it. They don't know what powers are codified in the document. They don't know what powers the central government has compared to the powers that they don't have, which is almost everything. They don't know that the idea of the Constitution is that the states reserve all powers, which means they have a tremendous amount of power, and the general government has only the powers listed in the Constitution. That was made clear when the Constitution was ratified. That's what it means to be an originalist. Only the powers here... Are with the powers that you have, there's no other powers. All these other things about, well, you know, I saw this meme. Uh, Amy uh, Coney Barrett should resign because she wouldn't even, she should withdraw her candidacy because if she was a real original, she would know that women can't be on the court because the founding fathers didn't agree with that. And so she should just go home and make sandwiches for her husband. This is a woke guy saying, trying to be funny. I mean, it's just stupid. These. This is how stupid these people are. Uh, that was a state issue, doofus. But regardless, the states could do this if they wanted to, and they did. In fact, women were allowed to vote in some elections because the states allowed them to do it. Some states didn't, some states didn't. Of course, then we had the 19th Amendment, which said that, that can no one can be denied being able to vote because of sex. And so the Constitution had to be ratified for this. It didn't matter what the founding fathers thought about it. Those things could be changed over time. And states always had the latitude to do it. States could allow certain people to vote, not other people to vote if they wanted to. And this is where we get into federal elections. We have a federal system in America, not a centralized, one-size-fits-all, top-down, unitary state. We don't have that. We have a constitution that relies on federalism. And thank God we do that. One of the things, let me get to the debates, one of the times in the debate where Trump actually said this, and he should have hammered this home more. You see, I'll just say one general observation about the debate last week. If Trump had performed this way in the first debate, I know we we didn't have the second, but if he had actually performed this way in the first debate, Joe Biden wouldn't even be sniffing the lead in the polls right now. Wouldn't be sniffing the lead. Because what happened is Trump came out thinking that he was in attack mode and he really didn't do a good job of communicating a message. When he's asked about COVID, of course, that's the first question. What are you going to do about COVID? Well, Trump says, look, we've done all these things about COVID. First of all, Biden's answer to that is basically everything Trump's already done. And now Biden, Fauci has come out and said, we're going to have a national mask mandate, we need that. First of all, it's unconstitutional, you can't do that. So what Biden is saying, well, I'm going to go to all the mayors and I'm going to go to all the governors, and I'm going to go to all the city councils, and I'm going to tell them, yeah, Joe Biden, I'm sure, is going to go to uh, the city council in Eden, uh, Wyoming, population you know, 55, and he's going to mandate that all those people in Eden, Wyoming, uh, wear a mask when they're out in their ranch, making sure that their cows don't get COVID. We're going to make sure that the people in Eden, Wyoming, wear a mask. We're going to do it. We're going to make sure if you're standing in the middle of your ranch— in, uh, in North Dakota, right? You're standing out in the middle of nowhere that you have your mask on because we have a national mask mandate. And if you don't wear your mask, you get a $300 fine like they're doing now in, uh, in the Southwest. $300 fine for not wearing your mask. Do we live in a totalitarian state or what? I mean, these are the things that Trump should be saying. Look, we should encourage people to wear masks, but if you don't wear a mask, that's your own personal responsibility. We should encourage people to do it if you want to try to stay healthy, if this is the thing. But, of course, masks have their own drawback. Fauci is on tape saying masks won't work. I remember when all this started. That was a big I mean, Masks don't work. Masks don't work to stop viruses generally. and Well, everybody wears masks and nobody. But you got Joe Biden pulling down his mask to cough in his hand and then pulling his mask back up. The guy's a, a moron. All these people are. The masks don't work close contact with people is how you catch COVID. When you're in close contact with people and they have the virus, that's how you catch COVID. Just like the flu or the cold or anything else. You walk through the somewhere coughed, okay, if they had a mask on, maybe that blocks it, but you know the, the stuff does come out the sides. You know. <laughs> regardless, close contact with people is how you get these things. And look, I mean, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, do what you can. But $300 fine for not wearing a mask? This is Joe Biden's totalitarian state. But see, he recognizes that all this has to be at the local level. All of it has to happen at the local level. The states are the ones who have been handling the coronavirus response. And this is all Trump needed to say. Look, I let the governors, we had Governor Cuomo. You want to know why New York was so bad? Because Governor Cuomo was sticking elderly people in nursing homes and they all got sick and died. This was a problem. The problem we're in states that we've had are in states that have responded in draconian ways. We know that this has been a disaster, mental health disaster, physical health disaster. It's been a disaster. One of the questions being asked, why do we have no flu deaths anymore? Because everything's being counted as a COVID death. We have no flu because everything's being counted as COVID. Personal experience, one time I was sick. I went to the doctor. I tested negative for flu, but they said, you have flu anyways. Right? This was a couple years ago. I didn't have the flu. I had a cold. I had a sore back because I was sitting up in the chair all night coughing. But they thought, oh, we're walking walk with a sore back, he's got the flu. I didn't have the flu, I had a cold. But yet, everything is counted as COVID, okay? Everything's counted as COVID. And we, everyone was making fun of this for a long time. Somebody you know, gets hit by lightning, and that's a COVID death, right? I mean, this is, this is where we are in America. But Trump's response should always be hammering Joe Biden. Joe, what are you going to do different from me? I've already done all the things. He did say that. He said, basically, Joe Biden's saying all the things I've already done. Exactly right. Joe Biden's plan is no different than Trump's plan when it comes to this because they can't do anything different. That's why the question is stupid. Other stupid questions when you think about it. Other stupid questions. Uh, You think about Trump's response... Uh, to the question of uh, minimum wage, right? Well, Trump said, look, minimum wage in Alabama might need to be different than it is in New York. Well, this is true because of federalism. $15 minimum wage in Alabama might be, I mean, excessive, whereas in New York it needs to be that because of the cost of living and other things. So we have these issues, and Trump should hammer this federalism issue home more often. That is a key to understanding some things. Biden seemed completely clueless about this, about... The minimum wage and, well, you need a living wage everywhere. And look, I understand that on the surface this makes sense. Trump is actually speaking sound economics here. Well, I mean, if you raise the minimum wage, people do lose jobs. This is true. Prices of things go up, so all you've done is inflated everything. Now that $13 minimum wage or $15, let's say your minimum wage worker is making $15 an hour and now you had managers that were, let's say the minimum wage is $7 and you had managers making $9 an hour, what have you done? You've raised everybody's wage. Because that manager can't make $9 an hour anymore. Now they have to make $17 an hour or $18 an hour, right? And, of course, that's not a lot of money in the modern. I mean, we've got inflation other things. Everybody knows this, right? But the, the problem is most minimum wage workers are part-time workers. Most people aren't, aren't trying to, uh, to support a family on minimum wage jobs anymore. Uh, and, and minimum wage tends to fluctuate in different areas because of different economies, but regardless, Trump should have hammered him, hammered him on this particular issue, and he, and he dropped the ball. The other thing I found interesting about this debate, again, there was one foreign policy question asked. One, just one. The entire debate should have been about foreign policy and reality. I mean, you could say immigration is also a foreign policy issue, but Trump was asked about China. And then they got into North Korea. And I think Trump's response here was perfect. And he said, look, we don't have a war with North Korea. When I came into office, Barack Obama said North Korea was our number one problem. So I took care of that. We have a good relationship with North Korea. Why don't we want good relationships with other foreign leaders? And, and Joe Biden's response was, well, we had a good relationship with Hitler before uh, he invaded Europe. Well, this is, this is somewhat true. I mean, heck... He was on the cover of Time Magazine as Man of the Year. In fact, he said he admired Franklin Roosevelt. But wouldn't it be better to have an open line of communication with foreign leaders? This is all Trump was saying. Wouldn't it be better to have an open line of communication with these people and ensure that uh, they are uh, certainly... uh, open to some discussion. And, of course, Barack Obama also said on the campaign trail, North Korea is a tiny country. It's tiny. we, we just got these tiny countries. It's tiny. He said this. I mean, go back and see it. Go listen to it. But now he told Trump North Korea is the biggest threat. Well, is it a tiny country that's irrelevant or is it a big threat? One or the other. China, of course, is a threat. And, of course, Joe Biden tried to get into the Russian situation, the Russian hoax, which has been discredited now entirely. We know that his son, all this is alleged, his son was taking money from the Ukraine, from Russia, from China, and apparently the big guy was getting a 10% kickback. Now, the big guy is Joe Biden, and Trump brought this up. And, of course, the media covers for Joe Biden. Uh, The question was asked of him on 60 Minutes, and he said, and they didn't follow up and say, well, you know, um, well, this Republican, the Republican, the, the intelligence community has said, well, no, there's no Russian interference here. This is Joe Biden goes back. This is all Russian interference. It's not. The intelligence community has said it's not. It's not Russian interference. This is there's something to this. Now, of course, Hunter Biden is not running for president, so I can see the, the well, I mean, if Hunter Biden is a drug addict and uh, all these other problems, that doesn't. That's not Joe Biden's, uh, you know, problem. It is Joe Biden's problem as a father. But of course, Hunter Biden's in his 40s. You know, he's not a baby. Uh, but if it's a security risk, if Hunter Biden is selling access to the White House, which he was. He was selling access to the White House to get people to talk to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's on well, if somebody says they're going to pay me some money and bundle it together, I'm going to do it. I'm going to look. And he's on tape saying that, well, I got this guy fired because you're not going to get the money. He was selling access to the White House and Joe Biden was doing the bidding of his son at times. And we know this. This is all out there. It's all out in the open. I don't think the left is pressing enough on that. When they do press, you get really awkward moments, like Kamala Harris on 60 Minutes as well. And uh, you know, when the uh, the uh, interviewer asked, Nora O'Donnell said, "Hey, well, you know, you've been called the most liberal uh, leftist member of the Senate." <laughs> Who said that, Mike Pence? No, actually, it was this nonpartisan group that said you're the most. Leftist member, he did this, and the look on her face was abject. Oh my gosh, she just asked me a hard question. She just pegged me. She just burned me. What the heck? Ha- what is? Where does she come from? And then when she says all these things, she says, "Well, is that from the?" I mean, when you say you're going to give Joe Biden your your uh, your your uh, response here and your honest opinions, does that come from a socialist progressive? No. What are you stupid? Essentially, it comes from me being this or this. I mean, this is a fair question to ask. I, I think it was very fair to ask that question. Kamala Harris, as I said way back in March, either Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams needed to be the VP because, or at least the candidate because they needed to appeal to the far left. I thought Stacey Abrams was better because I think Kamala Harris has a little more skeletons in her closet when it comes to her time as a prosecutor and the anti-police movement and the Democrats. But certainly, uh, they needed to pick her. Okay, But back to the debates. Climate change climate change. Why is the president even being asked about climate change? If all these things are about the science, the science says we need to have this because of greenhouse emissions, well, isn't it up to private industry to do? Isn't it up to private individuals to try to take care of these things? If solar farms and wind wind farms and all these things really work great, don't you think every power company in, in the United States would be out there running to do these things? Don't you think people will be signing up for it everywhere? Look, my, uh, I have family that live in a state where, where solar power is a huge deal. I mean, you drive down the road and everybody's got solar powers on the top of their house. And that's great because of course, they're barely using any energy. Of course, these things cost tens of thousands of dollars to put on your house. and it takes you like 25 to 30 years to recoup any of the benefits from it. And then you get squirrels underneath these things and they dig out your roof because now they go up there and live, uh, they go up there and live under the solar panels. And you got to buy the big battery. And there's all kinds of maintenance with these things, so you got to have all that stuff. But it takes years to get the value back on the solar power that you would have had had you not had these things—these big ugly panels sitting on your roof. It's always been that case, always. So I mean, we we have this wind wind. I mean, same place. There's big wind turbine out there. Well, because it's a very windy area, but. Um, how much energy does that actually do? When we know natural gas and fracking and all these things, we've got so much oil in the United States, so much oil in the United States that we don't—we're we're a net exporter of oil again. This is why your gas prices are so low. Joe Biden said he wants to end the oil industry in the United States. What are we going to do? And of course, electric cars—you got to plug those into something. That's greenhouse gases because most of your power plants. Are coal power plants, and if they're not coal, well, then they're nuclear. Uh, even in the area where I live, where you've got a river that has a, they actually run a hydroelectric plant to produce some of the power for the city. It's a major city, uh, but they can't do it in the summer because there's not enough water flow in the summer. Uh, much of the year, there's plenty of water flow, but in the in the summer when things dry out a little bit. Well, they have to have some type of natural gas turbine system to power that. So they got to use fossil fuels to make it. So you plug in your car, you may not be getting the gas, but you're still getting the gas, you see. This is why all this stuff is just absolutely stupid. And the batteries for these vehicles, when they're done, it's like having a brick sitting in your driveway. You can't even do anything with it. But regardless of all of that, all of these things, are, are we're looking at one-size-fits-all, top-down solutions to problems that are really local and free enterprise, free market solutions. If everybody wanted these things, we would get them. People would get them if they wanted these things. If you want renewable energy, you would have it in your house. If you want those things, and I mean, look, companies could realize, hey, look, we can sell it on this. Safety, safety features in cars Companies, government mandates some of these things, but also car manufacturers know that people want to be safe, so they start doing more because people want more safety features in their vehicles. More bells and whistles, more electronics, all these things that they want in the vehicles. You get more of that because they realize people want it, so they put it in the cars. But look, the debates were a disaster for the questions that were being asked. uh, You look at... Many of the issues, I think they had six major issues, only one, only one was really an issue that the president should have to answer, and that was national security. All of the others were really issues you should be asking Congress or your state and local governments, not the president of the United States. Not, of course, the president as designed by the founding generation. This is why I say, is why I said a nine presidents who screwed up America, we've got an elected king, we don't need an elected king we don't want an elected king because you get a disaster whether Donald Trump or Joe Biden we know that trump has been or the trump administration has been horrible on something civil liberties wise we know that he's been horrible in following the constitution at times joe biden's not going to be any better joe biden might in fact might in fact actually be worse but one thing where trump has been better is of course in foreign policy we, if he actually succeeds in bringing the troops home from Afghanistan, we know the Biden administration is going to be the neocon hawk that, uh, you know, the progressive hawk that the establishment is. We're going to be in a posturing position with the world where we're going to use armed forces, the, the military. Now, we know Trump has also done this in certain areas as well. But if Trump can succeed in settling some Middle East conflicts, which he has, and he should have trumpeted that look, I've done all of this. If he can succeed in having good relationships with North Korea, if he can succeed in getting people to talk, if he can succeed in these things, and we are in a good situation in the United States, a better situation in foreign policy than we would be with a Biden-Harris administration or Obama administration, Obama president drone strike. If that's the case, we're in a better situation. In fact, Trump did say, look, I've got more sanctions on Russia than anybody. Trump actually went hard the other direction, I think because he's being accused of... Being a Russian asset, he went hard on Russia. And this is something that is documented. I mean, the the Trump administration in terms of sanctions and other things on Russia is horrible. He went hard on Russia. Because, again, he was being accused of being an asset for the Russian, for the Putin regime. And, uh, I mean, he he clearly doesn't want to be portrayed that way. I mean, has he gone too hard or not? I mean, this is a question that's open. But when I say think locally, act locally, look, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump wins in 2020, wins re election, or Joe Biden wins re- or wins election in 2020. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, what needs to really happen for everybody listening to my voice on this podcast is you need to start getting involved in local politics and you need to start affecting change there. And I'm going to leave you with a positive thing. Uh, you know, local activism can work. If you get up and you start speaking against things, people do listen. There was a Confederate monument that was under attack in Chattanooga, Tennessee and uh, some people got involved in that and they said they showed them showed the city council members a video that had been done by the Abbeville Institute six minute video talking about why these things are important to leave them up. Six people voted to keep that monument up three voted to take it down. and they said that that video was highly instrumental in them leaving the monument up. That was local activism. You can get involved in your local city councils. You can get involved in local politics. You can get involved. You can get on your school boards. You can do these things. And when you do those things, you can affect change that voting for Trump or Biden or any the libertarian candidate, Joe Jorgensen, or the Constitution Party candidate, none of those things are going to matter. What really matters is where you put your feet in your local community and how you talk to people here. Sometimes it's not going to be popular and sometimes it will, but it's important to do it because that's how you affect the most change in your community. All right, so that's my take on the debates, a disaster again. If Trump, The one takeaway, if Trump had performed this way four weeks ago, Biden would probably be losing in the polls right now. I really think that. Uh, but I don't know if Trump's going to lose the election. Who, who knows? I mean, we'll see. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into next week, a week from today, and I'll talk to you about if you're going to vote on on November 3rd, what you should be doing, how you should do it, uh, in my opinion, uh, looking forward. Um, this is just my opinion uh, and uh, you know how that should happen for you. Okay, hope you enjoyed this Brian McClain and Joe. It's good to be back. I'll see you next time for the next show. See you then.